Hello, everyone. It's Victor, a.k.a. Five Wedges, coming to you with an episode recapping last week's Mexico Open at Puerto Vallarta and giving you a Wells Fargo Championship preview. Last weekend's last weekend's event was really, really a good one, particularly on Sunday. Uh, the week started out with John Rahm and Tony Finau in the event, and and quite honestly, it was a recap from the 2022 event. If we add into the mix, Brandon Wu, John Rahm, Tony Finau, and Brandon Wu finished one, two, and three at the 2022 Mexico Open. And so this year really shaped up to be uh, more of the same or something slightly different. Coming out of the first three rounds, the the uh, the eventual last year's champion and, and last year's runners-up had positioned himself nicely for a Sunday. In fact, a Sunday that played out much like the 2022 Sunday. This time, however, and potentially potentially a sign of things to come, Tony Finau entered Sunday with a two-stroke lead over John Rahm. And as I've said all year long, John likely is the best chaser that the PGA Tour has seen in the last five to 15 years. And so certainly there was a bit of anticipation. Not only would he chase his good friend Tony down, and could Tony redeem himself from last year, but more importantly, did Tony have the wherewithal, the chutzpah, to hold John off, play a very solid round of golf, and lead himself to victory? Well, Tony did exactly what Tony needed to do. And quite honestly, watching the Sunday round, Tony's execution from tee to green, hopefully, hopefully, will be a thing for tournaments to come for the rest of this year. As we all know, Tony is really solid off of the tee, um, great hands, great touch, and oftentimes ends up on the green in very, very competitive places and generally, generally is sinking a putt for birdie. What we saw on Sunday was not only Tony delivering a solid tee to green game, but on those rare occasions when he was just off of the green, we saw his ability to leverage his short game, leverage the confidence that comes with winning tournaments, and either chip in for birdie or par, or get it close to save par and keep the momentum from his round going. And so again, the hope is that Tony really, really finds a way to bottle this. And he is in the field of this week's Wells Fargo Championship. So the the, the fans in Charlotte, uh, I suspect, are even more excited knowing that he is there. Uh, our Masters champion and 2022 Mexico Open uh, champion John Rahm will not be with us in Charlotte this week. One other additional thing to note 
that I thought was really, really promising as well as exciting for the tour going forward is the top five finishers in the Mexico Open all come from different countries, very diverse in terms of their background, in terms of their ethnicity. And so as the tour continues to really evolve from the Tiger Woods era, we are seeing far more inclusion, not just getting to the tee box on Thursday, but competing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I really want to celebrate that. And and that is a driving aim of the T-Degree Golf, T-Degree Golf Podcast. This week, we know that Tony finished number one. As I mentioned, John Rahm finished in the number two spot. Brandon Wu actually finished in the three spot, which is exactly where he finished in 2022. Taking up the four and five spots, Akshay Batia and Tita Green Golf Community. If you have not watched Akshay, I encourage you all to give a look, follow him on the online leaderboard, stay close to this young man. He is a temporary status. PGA Tour 2023 member. His status actually increased by virtue of his top five finish. That actually has positioned him to receive even more sponsors exemptions than he had received coming into the Mexico Open. So I encourage you all to follow Akshay going forward. Taking up the fifth spot, Emiliano Grillo has played some really, really good golf, uh, been relatively consistent, and has shown up on leaderboards, but really had a very good uh, Mexico Open and finished strong. Additional takeaways from the week. Uh, we certainly saw a battle between two of the tour's top multiple winners over the past 12 months. And in fact, Tony's victory in the Mexico Open made him the fourth multiple winner in 2023. And so he has not only placed himself in select company over the past 12 months, but he's inserted himself in select company in calendar year 2023. I don't think it's too early to say that Tony is poised and positioned to win at least one more tournament this year. Kind of the feedback as the weekend was closing out is, has Tony cemented his feet now into the category of best golfer to not win a major? And so we stand pat. And in support of how Tony's game has evolved over the past year, year and a half. And I suspect that the next horizon for him as a player, as he evaluates his own goals, is to put himself in contention to win a major. And when that happens, I think his putter and his short game are solid enough to get him over the finish line on Sunday, tapping in for the final putt 
and ultimately becoming a major winner. A few other things that I think we can look forward to from a consistency standpoint from, from John Rahm. Uh, as I mentioned, 2023 has been as good as any single golfer in recent memory. John certainly has amassed a number of victories in calendar year 2023. But more than anything, when he tees it up, his name and his game are constantly in contention. And for me, that has placed him far and ahead in the front runner for player of the year this golf season. Um, I saw John on Sunday have complete control of every club. He has consistently displayed an ability to work his fade and draw effectively when the shot calls for that. Um, his putter is rarely missing right now. And, and if you're watching him closely, where John three, four years past was apt to show what they call that Spaniard emotion. Um, he certainly has reeled that in, but when he misses the, the, the cup by an edge, now he is looking as if, why didn't that go in? And so his flat stick is really, really strong, something that he relies on. And surprisingly, when he misses, uh, I think it's surprising himself. And quite honestly, it's probably surprising a number of the viewers as well. And then, as I have said, and I'll continue to say, at least this year, he has proven himself to be the best chaser on tour and I stand firm in saying that he is the best chaser in the last five to 15 years. When I think about Tony and Tony transitioning into the rest of the year, um, Tony himself has had a solid and a competitive 2023. He is now a multiple winner on tour. But equally important is Tony is now starting to slowly put himself in contention each week that he tees it up. Maybe even more important than that is you can now start to expect or anticipate that on Saturday, Tony's going to make a move. And at some point on Sunday, his name is going to show up on the first page of the leaderboard. So I think Tony, again, is building the type of momentum in his game, the type of confidence in himself that is needed to close the deal week over week and equally important to be able to do it during a major. So let's keep our eye on Tony and his performance in the majors for the rest of the year. And maybe this serves as a springboard into what we should all expect in 2024 from Tony. Saturday and Sunday, he did an outstanding job of scrambling well. Um, bunker play was spectacular. And, and then Sunday's round, what, what I really saw in Tony on Sunday was a combination of aggressiveness off of the tee, um, defensive or, or, or conservative. I don't like using the word conservative with 
athletes, but but maybe managed. Uh, managed during holes and approach shots where the pin was tucked in an area and he could not afford to be aggressive, but we saw him play those holes well. And, and then his scrambling ability, and finally the putter was extremely solid. So a really, really exciting week down at Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. New champion, uh, Tony Finau, redeemed himself from a second-place finish in 2022. Really strong Sunday where he stood on the first tee, two shots ahead of last year's winner, John Rahm, and he outdistanced John by 18 Winning by uh, winning by four strokes, so a phenomenal week for Tony. Uh, Tony and his family have traveled from Puerto Vallarta to uh, to Charlotte, North Carolina, for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. And as we get ready for this week's Wells Fargo Champion, Rory McIlroy is into the field, and I suspect that the golfing public world over is going to be fixed on Rory playing this week from Thursday into Sunday. Rory had an extremely tough Masters where he missed the cut. Uh, I think his disappointment boiled over. We know that he skipped the following week at Kiowa and subsequently incurred a $3 million fine by the PGA Tour for missing an elevated event. By and large, Rory has been quiet since the Masters. Haven't heard a lot about him swinging the club. Uh, I would imagine we may hear about some equipment changes We know that Rory has struggled with his driver this year. The players at Sawgrass saw him um, visibly uncomfortable. Uh, After that tournament, there was a shaft change, I believe a a shorter shaft. And then we saw the Masters. Rory has had a ton on him over the past 12 to 15 to 18 months. Along with Tiger, he has been the voice in support of the PGA Tour as they've played uh, linguistical boxing uh, with the Live Golf Tour. Don't know if that weighed on him leading into the year's first major. We know that he just simply needs to win the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam combination of that could be more than enough for anyone but we also know that Rory and his equipment right now whether it's a driver or the putter um, there's been some inconsistency there as well so all of that aside the week of the Masters is certainly behind him he's looking at coming into this tournament with three weeks of presumably quiet time for himself I know that I'm looking forward to Rory teeing it back up this week. I suspect those of you in the Tee to Green Golf Podcast community are looking forward to Rory not only teeing it up this week, but playing well. It's hard to imagine someone with so much talent 
being so inconsistent right now. So I'm looking forward to him getting back to the Roy McElroy that we've all come to expect. 23 victories worldwide, um, extremely long and accurate, relatively accurate driver of the golf ball. Uh, I know for me, I'm going to be looking at how effective his short game is. Are we seeing solid approaches with his 60 degree, with his other wedges, with his pitching wedge? Uh, I'm going to be looking for that. I know that he has a putting coach. I imagine that they've met over the past three weeks. And so I feel pretty confident that we'll see solid performance there. Other PGA Tour players in this week's in this week's Wells Fargo Championship, uh, Ricky Fowler will be back in the mix. Really, really excited about that. Uh, Ricky, as he's had a few years that uh, were just marginal or average at best, he came into this year after working on his game and has really, really been a consistent golfer um, thus far. So I'm looking for Rory to maintain that momentum and allow himself to move. I'm sorry, not Rory, but Ricky to maintain that momentum and allow himself to move closer towards getting a victory again. Victor Hovland. Victor's back in the Wells Fargo Championship. And for me, what I'm looking for from Victor this week, and he, again, like Colin Morikawa, he is one of the shining stars, those golfers that the tour anticipates celebrating as we continue evolving this new version of the tour post Tiger Woods. What I've seen from Victor over the past four to six weeks is a really, really strong start on Thursday, um, maintains that performance into Friday, but seemingly at some point Saturday and definitely into Sunday, he kind of flatlines or flames out. And so for me, uh, I'm looking for four more consistent rounds not sure that Victor's going to play well or at least play to the extent that he could win this week. I don't take him off the board as a potential winner this week. But what I'm looking for from Victor is someone that is able to consistently compete. If he gets off to a hot start and is on the first page of the leaderboard on Thursday or Friday, then for me, I'm really going to be focused on is he maintaining that into Saturday, and is he going to be talked about as a potential winner on Sunday? So that's what I'm looking for from uh, from Victor this week. My guy, Max Homa. Max has maybe mellowed out a little bit over the past month. Uh, I know he was at the Masters, relatively solid round, uh, but he had such a strong start in 2023. And if I go back to the first episode of T Degree and Golf Podcast for 2023, I noted that Max Homer was going to be someone that myself and the community kept our eyes on this year. So I'm looking for Max right now that the tour is off of the West Coast and, and, and really on the East Coast and, and kind of the Midwest. 
I'm looking for Max to really regain that early season momentum and to continue putting himself into contention. Uh, I'd like to see Max win uh, another two victories this year leading into the Tour Championship later this year in Atlanta, Georgia. Matt Fitzpatrick, again, another golfer that I'm high on this year. Matt continues to have a really, really solid year. Uh, Matt also can be inconsistent at times. A good round here, a not-so-good round there, a good round here, a not-so-good round there. What I have seen from Matt this year is that when he gets into Sunday, Matt is going to be competitive on Sunday. Uh, I think what uh, what's going to be important, if that is the case this week, is that Matt really harness his misses. What I've seen over the course of 2023 is that when he misses on Sunday, it appears to get him down, um, get him down in a way that he's not able to gather himself and stay competitive, put his foot back on the gas and challenge for the end of week trophy. So I'm hopeful that we'll see that from uh, Matt this week, but uh, but certainly to be determined. A few other golfers to note, um, Terrell Hatton is in the field this week. I like Terrell. I think he's another one that really is on the doorstep of winning not just one on the PGA Tour, uh, but becoming a multiple PGA Tour winner. So I am a fan of Terrell. Uh, I also like his emotion, his passion for the game, his passion for his performance. I think he's done a lot better in in managing that, whether he's on the DP World Tour or he's in the States playing on the PGA Tour. So uh, a fan of Terrell Hatton and really looking forward to him having a solid week this week. Additionally, we have uh, Sung J.M. Sung J is effectively close to home, a resident of metropolitan Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, in many ways, he is a hometown favorite uh, for those of us in, in metro Atlanta. So would love to see Sung Jay perform well, uh, well this week. And last person that I'll talk about in this preview is Colin Morikawa. Again, uh, very, very similar to Victor Hovland. Colin is really resyncing his game and getting some changes back in line so that he's consistent week in and week out. I think he's had a pretty solid 2023. I know that uh, and feel pretty confident that he is looking to put his name in the first position at the end of a tournament and really validate the work that he's done over the past year, past two years. So I'm looking forward to him getting into Charlotte and having a really, really good week. Uh, I think the times that he's played there, he's performed reasonably well. So we'll uh, we'll take a look at Colin and, and see what happens come Sunday evening. And so want to say thank you for 
continuing to listen to the Tita Green Golf Podcast. This episode is a recap of the Mexico Open and a preview of the Wells Fargo Championship. Wishing you and yours all of the best. And as we always say, hit it straight from Tita Green. We are out. Thank you.